What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe in Portland, Oregon. This spot offers free live music every Thursday night throughout the summer from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Sunday brunch tunes from noon to 2 p.m. with DJs spinning vinyl. Lots of dance parties both day and night are on the summer calendar as well, featuring events from Global Based and other promoters. They are located in inner southeast Portland, and aside from offering free music every week on their patio, they've got a killer brunch menu on Saturdays and Sundays. The Migas and the breakfast sandwich are lights out, and the lunch and dinner menu doesn't slack either. Come through and check out some tunes over there at Produce Row Cafe, as well as their new summer seasonal cocktail menu. This is a great spot to grab some food and some drinks and enjoy some tunes with friends or family. Appreciate Produce Row being a supporter of the podcast and the local Portland music community. Now let's start the show. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. 
Tell a friend about the podcast. Share it somewhere. You can also check out the monthly playlist that I've been dropping every first of the month. The links for those will be in the episode notes. You can find those on Apple and Spotify. Pretty spread out genre-wise. That October one is there now. And I hope everybody is doing well out there. Excited to get into episode 330. Eric Fury is on the podcast this week. And this was the first time ever recording an episode in a cemetery. We were trying to find a good outdoor space here in Portland, Oregon to take advantage of this amazing weather that we've been having here lately. And we know it's not going to last too much longer before the rain comes. So Eric recommended that uh, we hit up the Lone Fir Cemetery in southeast Portland. And we found a nice spot on the grass to kick it and jump on the mics. And uh, this was just such a nice conversation with this dude. I met him about a year ago or so, maybe right around the time people were starting to hit shows again. And I was seeking out DJs who spin vinyl for a particular spot around town. And I've had a a handful of conversations with him since then. And also just someone I run into shows at pretty frequently and uh, had been wanting to get him on the mics for a while and he just dropped this new record called magic words so i thought this would be a good time for us to link up and i always dig chatting with people who love to create and have made it a priority to find time to create and consistently create art throughout their life and i mentioned that to eric toward the end of this conversation and i just really appreciated his thoughts around that and the ideas of not being able to kind of outrun who you are seems to become realer and realer to me as, as time goes on. And he also mentions a couple times in the chat about always having music playing in his ears pretty much right from the get-go of the day, throwing in the headphones and, and how the soundtrack for the day never really quits. And that also resonates with me really heavy. And I almost always have music or a podcast playing which i'm i've been able to lean into a little bit more again now that my ears seem to be healing up on me which is is such a relief it was uh such a trip after having almost two weeks with not really listening to music in the car nor listening to my my earbuds while doing stuff around the house and then finally cruising around in my car the other day listening to music i think that uh i think that break really just made me super appreciative and and was also just very affirming of how important music is to me and how moving it is for me it it just really seemed to strike heavy on that particular day and i'm excited to be doing deep dives into records and playlists again and if you uh you didn't listen to last week's episode i i kind of discussed some ear troubles that i've been having so you can uh you can dial it back a week if you want to hear the solo chat and kind of recap of my my two weeks on the road with high pulp recently the uh seattle experimental jazz band but on last week's episode i kind of dove deeper into just some of the anxiety that I was having surrounding not being able to listen to music and and some of the pain I was experiencing from 
loud noise and and even things that that didn't seem to be particularly loud that wouldn't normally bother me but it seems to be easing up and heading in the right direction so i appreciate the uh the people that that checked in on the the condition of my ears this past week and and just kind of uh reached out about those things but if you're new to the cast and you dig what you hear in this chat with eric and and you dig the style of this conversation you can check out other episodes with a lot of the people mentioned in this episode something something brax was on recently spinach vanport yuck god tron aka old grape god and i'm also covering things outside of the portland area as well every tuesday new episodes coming at you if you are in the portland oregon area this week this Sunday, killer event going on at Produce Row Cafe, October 23rd, free, all ages, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., a beat happening event. Lineup is stacked out, and also Alex Meltzer, former guest of the podcast, will be doing a beat set slash DJ set for Sunday brunch at Produce prior to uh, the beat happening event. That's from noon to 2, so music all day this coming Sunday at Produce Row in Southeast Portland, and they've got DJs over there every Sunday, noon to two. Music will continue through the fall and the winter months on their heated outdoor patio. Great place to hang if you're feeling kind of trapped inside during the gray and rainy days. And North 45 in Northwest Portland off 21st has a uh, similar thing going on with the, the covered patio and the music there regularly going on with DJs playing on uh, Tuesday nights from 7 to 9 and also on Sunday afternoons from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. All right, let's get into episode 330, Portland, Oregon-based DJ, rapper, dancer, all-around artist Eric Fury is on the podcast and we're going to kick it off with a track from his new record, Magic Words. It's called Humility. Let's do the damn thing. I do not trip, I will not fumble You cannot tell me I need to be humble I seen the people you put on a pedestal I seen the people you wanna look up to I seen the people you give your support to I seen the people you give all your love to I seen the people you say you don't like what they do But I know if you could, you would love to Bitch, you a cop, I am a robber You are a shrimp, I'm like a lobster My mama said what you do would catch up with you So I'm the other shoe dropper I'm the perfectionist like I'm a doctor I do it right, I hit it proper I make it go, give it some power Next to Efezi, that man is a coward Red shit, I I do that on a regular bad bitch I can't be with no regular Used to hit the dive bars on a regular Now I got bars on these hits on a regular I got it down to a science molecular I make it up but I know all the technical I told her mama I can't be a man I she mad cause she know that there won't be a replica I heard the ghosts I seen the goblins Drinking that poison and popping them toxins Devils keep telling me that I'm a problem Cause I keep telling them that I don't want them People ain't better cause they do not wanna be Me I can see all the shit that I wanna be I can see more than what's just right in front of me You cannot lie to me You cannot front on me Yeah yeah bro I know I'm issue when I'm gone. They say, Eric, I miss you. Even the people that thought they had issues with me gonna be making a mess on the tissue. All the paperwork say I'm official. I do not fuck with elected officials. I don't do nothing if it ain't official. Don't even eat anything artificial. I do not trip. I will not fumble. You cannot tell me I need to be humble. I seen the people you put on a pedestal. I seen the people you want to look at. Is there a sin here at the, uh, at the cemetery here in Southeast Portland? This is, uh, this is the first for the podcast, doing, doing one in the cemetery, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> Which uh, is nice. It's a it's a good vibe. I I think I was always like, 
don't know, a little weirded out about hanging out in cemeteries, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a few friends, one in particular that was always like, let's go hang out at the cemetery. And I was just like, wasn't really uh, like exposed to that too much, you know, like yeah. growing up. So it, like, it was a little bit of like a weird thing that I've like slowly gotten used to. And now I think it's like a very, uh, often like a peaceful place yes. to like hang out. Exactly. That- the way I like to look at it is uh, it's basically just a park with ghosts in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like an interesting spot to just, like, walk around to and and try to, like, you can kind of, like, make these people whoever you want them to be because you don't know who they are. Yep, exactly, exactly. I like to just, like, make up little stories just to be like, huh, I wonder, like, where that came from, or just to see their names. There's, like, a, there's one down there or whatever where it's just like what is it called his name is like dash money or whatever and you can tell he was just like a rapper musician because his like his whole gravestone is like a picture of him just like in a green jersey and he's just like you know looking good shining or whatever and then there's like little music notes all over the headstone it's super tight so if you see it i think it's the dash money or something like that and i'm like wow that guy went out properly (laughs) so you're obviously not a not a stranger to this uh this particular cemetery no no yeah i come here pretty frequently uh sometimes alone sometimes with my girlfriend and yeah it's super fun it's just like us and like the old folks and then like the teenagers who also just you know the goth teenagers they're just like yeah let's just hang out in the fucking (laughs) doing their seance and shit yeah you know what they're doing (laughs) you're from new york though originally yes Yes. how long you been been out in portland i've been here since damn a while. Um, I came here in 2008. I came okay. here for school, um, and then I graduated in 2012. And then, uh, which, if you might remember, is like was uh, the big recession. You know, okay. like dead yeah. center of like the big recession where like nobody was hiring, and the people that were hiring weren't paying. So, yeah. and then in New York, it was kind of the same, except like everything was three times the price. So then I was like, well, I could just like go home and like live with my parents and do it out with them, or I could. <laughs> stay yeah. here and i'm glad i did yeah i got here in 13 so you're a few years even ahead of me did you did you uh did you know anybody out here before you you came out to portland oregon or like what was Not your uh, soul <laughs> what what attracted you to coming um, to school out here uh well let's see they had a fly out so when i was in high school i was doing like visiting like visiting colleges and stuff yeah. like that and then um they had a flyout program, and then they kind of just like flew me and then a couple other people out, and um, we got here like right at like the beginning of the year, like uh, end of orientation week, and then beginning of classes. Um, and then I was I'd never been to Portland before, and I was like, wow, this is a different place. It's different from New York City, different from Brooklyn, you know, where I was coming up. And I was like, there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of nature, you know what I mean? There, that was like kind of like my first introduction to like, um, like the West Coast hippies. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, oh, these guys are pretty chill. Pretty Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I visited the school. I was there for like three, four, five days or something like that. And then I was like, you know what? I like the West Coast. I need to change the scenery, a change of pace. Like, then I came out here. And since then, you know, the adventure continues. Yeah. I just went to New York for the first time in my life back in May. Oh, hell yeah. How'd I've you like been, it? I've like always been wanting to go and... Like it absolutely like blew my mind. I think it was j- it's just also like kind of strange to like see this place in like movies and like photographs my entire life, yep. and like to finally like be in the middle of it is just like I don't know. It's just like no other place yeah. I've ever been before, and like I just loved that the energy of that city like just seems like to never stop you know they're like, always on they're always on yeah it's like four in the morning and shit is still like 
just starting to slow down <laughs> or like still kind of like popping off and it I don't even know. slow down at four in the morning. I don't know, man. Last time I was there to visit, I was at um I was like visiting family and friends and stuff like that. And I was at this one bar, like somewhere on Flatbush or whatever, and we were there till the crack of dawn, bro. Like the bar like officially closed at four, but then I was just like hanging out with the bartender. The bartender was like, yeah, you got to get out here or you can't leave. And I was like, well, I'm still drinking, so fuck it. And then we were just like in the bar. And then after that, from like 4 to like 6 a.m., it was like speakeasy hours. So now we're smoking weed with the bartender. He's just pouring up fucking like pouring whatever out of the bar. And then we're just like hanging out like in the middle of the fucking night. (laughs) No, it's one of those places where like it's always on, like somewhere around it's always on, which is like pretty different from Portland because everything closes at like... Like all the uh, all the stuff from business hours closes at like nine, and then from there on out it's bars, and then the bars in those places they close at two thirty. But then so then sometimes I find myself being like, okay, where's where's the shit going on? I still yeah. want to do stuff. Like yeah. I don't got nothing to do tomorrow. <laughs> it just gave me like such a better understanding of like why artists like want to like so many people want to make that their home when they are an artist because there's like so much around you to inspire. Like what you're creating on a on a daily basis, you know, yeah. from neighborhood to neighborhood, and not that mm-hmm. there isn't like somewhere like here, mm-hmm. but it is like stimulating in a much different way. It seemed like definitely, and also I guess like insofar as like the art scene over there goes, it's really just like it's not hard to find people doing what you're doing or trying to do the same things that you're doing. You know what I mean? It's like, but also like on a larger scale. You know, it's like everywhere you go, you'll find like people that you like, people who like will connect with you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's insane, you know, which is honestly like, I don't know. I tell people it's like, they're like, why don't you move back? Or like, aren't you glad you liked, you know, don't you want to move back or some stuff like that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't do that when I was younger because like, I know what kind of person I am now. And it's like, I'm, I'm not really one for like, you know, I'm not very good at like self-control or like holding back or whatever. So if I'm having fun, like that is what we're having. We're going all the fucking way. You're a yes person once you're out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, whatever it is, I'm down for whatever. And, you know, it's like because like you were saying, like because you don't have to stop because nothing stops. You know what I mean? If nothing stops, you don't have to. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, yeah, it's like 3 a.m. I should fucking go to sleep and leave here. You know what I mean? I'd just be like, yeah, fuck it. You know, we're going down. So I wouldn't really be able to get anything done like that. And even like here, I'm still just like up pretty late. Like I'm a night person. So, yeah. Is there uh, something you appreciate about somewhere that's like a lot smaller and maybe like slow moving than the New York? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can take my time. It's just like, frankly speaking, like. I I move fast enough, and I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, as a New Yorker, it's like, we're just, you know, and you'll probably see this in jokes and comedy and stuff, like, we're very much just, like, on-the-go people all the yeah. time. Because you have to be. Because it Absolutely. takes, like, an hour to get at least anywhere if you're commuting. So it's like, okay, there's two hours in my day, then I got to work, then I got all this other shit to do, so it's like, I can't waste any time. Right. So everyone's on the go. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't, like, I haven't been living in New York for, like, over a decade now but like there's things that don't leave you like we're all just like that you know what i mean even like people in chicago know are like you know once when you're from a place which is like paced differently it's just like that doesn't leave you so yeah for sure and uh yeah i think i also just got like a better understanding of like that that new york attitude i guess like that like some people 
maybe would take yes. as like rudeness is like no there's just so many fucking people here like you gotta make moves and you you gotta speak up if you want your voice to, to be heard because exactly. just there's no time it's too to much waste. going on there's no time to waste you know what i mean it's like if, if it's like you and somebody else going for the same spot you got to get it first you know you really cannot hesitate and if you do you miss out on like anything on everything you miss out on your train you miss out on your bus you miss out on a job a me- you miss out if you don't like just go yeah yeah so I guess my my first knowings of you I think was maybe spinach. Oh, me, I love that man. Um, and and I knew you as a DJ first. Yeah. And you you also you know you make music as well, but DJing was like the first thing that somebody like threw your name out to me about. So um, definitely want to get into that. Definitely want to get into like the the magic words record that you just put out but um talk to me about like what your entry point into like playing music or starting to like collect music on your own was there like music in the in the house in brooklyn yeah yeah all the time um you know it's it's really strange because like i was telling you before it's like i wake up in the morning and i just press play like music has to be going otherwise like you know i'm not at peace you know what i mean it's just like it's it's i don't know something's always off if things are too quiet you know at least for me and part of that is like growing up in a loud place part of that is also just like music's just always been involved for like as long as i can remember um and like i don't know as a kid it's like so my dad um used to be a dj when uh when he was younger and came here so he was always like listening to music as well and then when i was a kid he was just always playing something like in the car when he was at home if he wasn't watching tv he was just like playing music while he was cleaning cooking whatever it was Um, and both my parents kind of were, but my dad more so. And he was the one who would like put me on to like, here's what we used to play in the club. So he'd put me on to all this old music, a lot of like disco, some funk stuff, like some more like the, um, like eighties freestyle, like back when, like before techno, but like kind of the building blocks of that, you know? So he was the one who was putting me on to all that. Um, and he'd be like, here, like, listen to this, listen to this, listen to that. And this was like from when I was like a kid, but then I remember... Like, the first, like, uh, I think it was two things. Like, two of the first, like, um, rap songs that I ever heard, like, rap albums were, like, Nas's It Was Written and then uh, KRS-One, Criminal Minded. Um, and my dad showed me those, and my whole shit was just blown apart. I was just like, what the hell? Is, <laughs> what is this? Like, hold up. Like, this is, something's going on here, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. And I guess, like, a lot of, like, my music tastes and sensibilities and just, like, the the breadth of like the the things that I grew up listening to and like continue to listen to now came from him because he was always listening to all kinds of different shit um so that's kind of where it started and then uh so it was like a wide lens from the beginning yeah because he was a DJ yeah (laughs) yeah so I grew up like listening to bachata I grew up listening to like you know soul R&B funk rock all kinds of shit like all kinds like my dad was a big like a creed fan for whatever reason. It's like the dad rock of dad rock, yeah. you know? So he was into that, like, um, and then my mom was also into, like, I don't know, Bon Jovi. Her her music taste was, like, uh, dicey, you know, because she'd it's be like listening. like top 40. Exactly. So she'd be listening to, like, uh, adult contemporary and, like, also, like, Whitney Houston. So she'd be like, yeah, this is Whitney Houston, the greatest singer of all time. And then be like, yeah, but here's Michael Bolton. And then here's Bon Jovi. And I'm like, ah. What do you think about like the Nas and the KRS one that like maybe hit you different or was that was that just like really your first exposure to to rap music? 
um I don't think it was my first exposure to rap music because it's like you know like people our age like we it's never not been a thing you know what i mean and especially because like with the advent of the internet just made it so accessible but before that it was like mtv and they'd have like the top 40 hits and they'd be like you know they'd have like a some rock next to some rap next to like some uh some pop music next to a little bit of everything so there's that but i think um what was different about then was that like when he was showing me that that was the first time I was actually like listening you know and like actually heard what was going on beyond like it's music you know what I mean um yeah and that was kind of like it was just a different completely different experience it was like you know the first time he was like hey like he had this disco compilation and then he showed me like um you know it had like uh all the classics like music the Bee Gees you know and like all all of them was it um Donna Summer you know what I mean? You had all the stuff on there, and I was like, that was like kind of the first time I heard disco. I was a kid, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, this is, you know, this is something else. Like yeah. every now and then, you yeah. have those moments that just completely shift everything you know. For sure. And did you like from there have like a deep dive into rap and hip hop after like connecting heavy with the with the Nas and the KRS One? Yeah, yeah. I mean, after that, like, shortly after that, it was like, uh, what was it? I was like, what, like, 10 or something like that? Um, yeah, so this was like uh, 1999, 2000 or whatever. Okay. And, like, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of young people don't know this, but about, uh, we were on Kazaa. Yeah, absolutely. We were on Kazaa. We were on LimeWire, just ruining my parents' old computer. Just Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I'm, a few, I'm, I'm, like, maybe... Five years ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so Kazaa was, was definitely, like, yep. in the mix. Master, Kazaa, yep. all that Taking shit. Taking gambles on what you're downloading. Dude, it was, you'd get a, it was, I was, you were looking for whatever song, and it would come up as a, a Bill Clinton, like, somebody in a Bill Clinton voice yeah, advertising, dude. like, an e-commerce site, and they'd be like, hey, my name is Bill Clinton, and go to, like, <laughs> eproducts.com. My name is Bill Clinton, and I just fucked up your computer. <laughs> go tell your parents that you fucked no, up. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously. It was, like, between that and then, like, down downloading games on fucking uh was it uh aol like emulators and shit <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was there and very pissed at me for that no but like from like you know the peer-to-peer file sharing or whatever and the advent of that i kind of just got into like everything from there you know i was into like rap hip-hop i was a big huge like jazz nerd back in the okay. day like um because in new york we had this radio station called uh cd 101.9 and they were like the jazz station and like during the day they would play like more modern the smoothed out stuff and then at night at like uh like 8 9 p.m starting 8 or 9 p.m or whatever they'd have like uh the after hour section which was where they'd play all the like og jazz shit like the original stuff and i would there was a you can ask my dad there was like a period in time like several years where like from morning to freaking night and through the night, I would just live and die by freaking CD 101.9, you know? I think the jingle was like, smooth jazz, CD 101.9. Yeah, so a lot of that. that shit. Yeah. Eric, I'm going to insert that in there. It's going in. The jingle's going in. If you can find it, if you can find it, you got you to gotta look it up. Because that was the shit. That was, that was my jam. So, yeah. Did you, did you always feel like maybe what, like as you were listening that you were like studying the music in some way, even if it wasn't necessarily conscious, like did you think, that were you like kind of breaking down what was happening in tracks a lot or were you just kind of like absorbing it and enjoying it? I'd say like a little bit of both. I mean like I've always just been kind of like a, uh, 
I've always been an active listener of music. You know what I mean? Where it's like, like listening to music in and of itself is the activity. You know what I mean? I'm not really like doing much else. I'm literally just sitting there listening to the music, and that's like what I'm doing. So, um, and I've pretty much like always been like that since I was a kid. And like, uh, like I guess like when I first started doing art stuff, I was uh, super into visual art. Like when I was younger, I was like mean with a pen and pencil. Like put me a pencil and anything on a paper, I would just drop something. And originally, I wanted to be like uh, an illustrator, like a character designer for okay. cartoons and shit. Um, and then while I was doing that, like all I was doing was listening to music. So I'd like get home from school, like do most of my homework and then, you know, just be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do the rest of it later. And then like, I would just put my headphones on and just like draw and listen to like whatever. So the music was always like a heavy inspiration, even if you weren't even necessarily like participating in making music yet. Yeah. It was influencing it the was art that always going making. down. It was never not playing. <laughs> like my parents used to be like, Hey, why don't you like talk to us? Like, why do you always have your headphones on? It's like, look, like this is what's going down. Like, yeah. if you want to talk, we can talk, but like, this is, I'm, you know, I'm busy. <laughs> and, and because your dad was a DJ, did he kind of like put you onto the idea of like samples and just like what was happening in, in hip hop? Did like, did you see yes. that shit yes kind of out no, from an early age? He wasn't age? like an active musician when, um, when, when we were, when we were growing up and they were raising us or whatever. Cause yeah. he was like, I got to work. I got to do all this stuff. I don't really have time for like, you know, to actually do music. But like, he was like, yeah, he used to. So he would tell me, like, okay, here's how this is made, or, like, here's, like, you know, where this music came from. Like, you know, here's, like, who KRS-One is, or, like, here's, like, you know, where they grew up or whatever. And at the time, it was, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, like, I grew up in New York. You know what I mean? It's, like, that's where rap comes from. Yeah. You know? So, like, with for all of us, it's, like, a huge part of, like, who we are. It's, like, you can't go anywhere in New York without people knowing about, like, punk or rap or, like, you know, like, musically like New York has always been a place where music's coming out of. Right. So one way or another, like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have it. It's going to be a huge part of your life. You yeah. Know? And it's one of those places that has like their finger on the pulse and they're influencing a lot of like whatever the rest of the world is listening to yeah. in some ways. Yeah. And for better or for worse, you know, cause sometimes it's like, you'll hear all the hits, you know what I mean? They'll break hits. You know what I mean? Like, like, a lot of rappers who like nobody knew before Funkmaster Flex played them shits on Hot 97 or they played it on Power 1051 or whatever, like all of a sudden they blew up. So you'd really just get to like, like when 50 Cent came out, you know what I mean? 50 Cent's from New York. He's from Queens. So when he came out, like, dude, for like years, years and years, you couldn't go anywhere. You could not go anywhere in the city without hearing 50 cent like like you go to the corner store they're playing 50 cent you go to freaking the grocery store they're playing 50 cent you stand outside on the street they're playing 50 cent you go to school you know everywhere you go <laughs> they're playing get rich or die trying and that was like i don't know that was one, still one of my favorite like albums from him probably if not my favorite album from him but it's like that you know in the same way with a lot of other like new york stars or whatever like there's you you could not escape them. lots of pride yeah exactly especially exactly especially if they're, they're from new york you cannot shit. escape them. <laughs> exactly if it's blown up it's Dude, and like for years like there's nowhere you wouldn't be hearing biggie like it oh, doesn't yeah. matter how old you are like in 1996 and 2006 the man died and every day every day everywhere biggie's playing just changes the city <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know it's like one of those kinds of places but then in, in another sense it's like you know, you'll get, they'll definitely be playing the hits, but at the same time, it's like, that doesn't leave much room for, like, other things. Like, okay. if you want to find the actual underground stuff, if you want to find the stuff that, like, people are doing that isn't, like, you know, the next top 40 hit, it's difficult. Because all they're playing on the radio are, like, are the hits. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they have to set the trend. For sure. So, yeah. So, being that that was, like, around you and hip-hop was just, like, 
surrounded you, did you start, even if you weren't maybe doing it in front of people or, you know, recording anything, like, Mm -hmm. did you start writing kind of bars of your own from a pretty young age or like when, when did that come into, uh, something that you did on, on top of like the visual art that you were exploring? Um, probably around the same time, like when I was a kid, like I, I don't know, I was, uh, like I still have like my old sketchbooks and notebooks or whatever. So I was always like writing stuff, you know what I mean? Like any idea that came to mind, I think like in terms of a formal sense, I don't know. I was like, maybe like 10 or like 11 or something when I started, I was just writing like shitty poems. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what? I want to be like a poet or something like that. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to like, you know, do that and like do like draw cartoons or whatever. And like, you know, so then I just started like writing poetry and like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you start anything as a kid or whatever, you can see like glimpses of who you were going to be. You know what I mean? But like, obviously it was shit. You know, I go it back and I'm like, be good like I'm glad I have it, but like this is, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I was like, I was 11. So fuck you, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And did you, uh, like when you're in high school and shit, like, did you surround yourself with a lot of people like pursuing art in some way or was it, something you kind of did on your own uh yes and no i guess in a weird way because it's like um how do i say this like i'd always known people who were like doing stuff artistically right and then like um but again because like back at that time i was like you know i thought i was gonna be a cartoonist or some shit like that you know what i mean so mostly like the people i hung around were other people who just like were into visual arts and like drew stuff and like painted stuff or whatever and i was like in like life drawing classes like by the end of high school or whatever and then eventually i was like i'm good enough at this so i want to like switch to dance so, so I that's like doing what dance. you immersed yourself in in high school though was yeah. like the visual art yeah yeah i was super big in that and especially like since in like junior high school but then like junior high school was kind of where i like um i had met a couple of people who were like you know just making music in garage band so i used to just like sit on the computers after school and just dick around you know, and I guess like, um, and just like make, you know, wacky fucky beats or whatever. But like, I had a homie, um, David, um, who he's, he's a good homie of mine. Um, he still does it, but, um, he was actually just really good at it. He was like producing stuff on his own. Um, and you know, it was like him and then a couple of other homies and they were just like making beats or whatever. But then what was it realized like 13, I was in seventh grade. I was 13, I was in seventh grade. And that was when I wrote my first like song. Like that was when I wrote my first song. Um, and did it at like a talent show or whatever that we, that we had up there. And, um, yeah, back in that day I was, uh, I was going by dirty E. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty E. Yep. (laughs) And I was just saying wild shit. I I, like vaguely remember I was just like on stage just saying wild shit or like, yeah, we're going to do this. And (laughs) (laughs) that was the first time I like wrote a song and then performed it on stage. And it was, it was fun. It was wild. Do you remember like if there was any, like, were you scared at all or were you nervous in that way or did, were you just like, I don't care. I'm going to do this. Both. Both. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like um, with anything you do on stage, it's like you're you're going to you're like very nervous. You know what I mean? And the, the weird thing is that like that was the same age that I was like, OK, I'm going to switch from visual art to dance because I want to learn how to dance. And yeah. Like, do that. Because also when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I want to be like fucking Michael Jackson. You know, yeah. I was like, he's got the best moves like, yeah. in the fucking game with the funkiest hits. Like, I want to do some shit like that and just be on stage doing a spin move and then tear my shirt off. Like, whatever. That's the <laughs> coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you also just, like, feel like that was tapping into something completely different than the, the visual art? Like, performing yeah. and expressing yourself in that way where, yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
I mean, I guess because, like, also, it's like, as a kid, I was just, like, super energetic. You know what I mean? I was, they were always like, Eric, sit still. Like, you know, focus on this thing. Just, like, stop moving. And I was, you know, I was a freaking kid and I couldn't, <laughs> you know. So it's like, um, when I started to do dance, it was just a completely different outlet. And, like, um, it's different when you start doing, like, work and creative stuff with your body because it's really just, like, your first instrument, your first tool, just having a body, you know, is its own thing. But then when you dance it's, or like anything like that, you you the aim is to learn to control that and to like feel things in that different way. Yeah. Like pay attention to the the inputs and the stimuli and the sensations that you're getting and then move with them. It's so interesting because then like what you have, I would assume a lot of the time is a mirror in front of you to like teach you where like it's yep. so much. I, would, I don't know. Just guessing that that would feel very different than like seeing what you're putting down on like a piece of paper or like hearing back like what you recorded on the mic or something it's it's a little bit of the same honestly you know what i mean because it's like you know you're holding the pen or the pencil or whatever you're using to do it and you put from the time you put that first mark on the paper that that what you're seeing is helping you decide which what you want to see Ooh, excuse me after that you know what i mean like even on the microphone, like from the time you say the first thing or from the first breath you take, you know, that's informing what you're going to do and how you're going to be on it afterwards. And it's the same thing with dance, you know, from the first movement you make and how it feels and then also how it looks, that's going to inform the rest of what you Setting do. Setting the tone. Yeah. So, you you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I feel like in all the, a lot of the arts, like particularly like the time-based ones, you know, where it's like dance or music, like it's a different kind of a feedback loop because you can't, you know, you, you can like go back and fix something but the performing of it is live you know it's happening in real time so with a lot of that you right you know uh, it's a way of thinking yeah i mean i guess it's like a live performance of music but like with the recorded version you know Mm -hmm. or like the the final version of your your visual art it's like you got to be like okay this is done yep (laughs) not not like the dance performance where it's just like whatever happened out there yeah yeah but the, you know the, again that's like the point of like rehearsal you know yeah. what i mean and even with like uh you know trans translating like so in the studio you know i like to be like look post-production is where the magic happens in in you know the kind of music that i do you know it's like com- sit on computers hang with the microphones do the beat machines right and you have a raw idea that you sketch out but um after that everything happens in post you know what i mean i forget the guy who originally said it um, but back in the early, early days of studio recording, um, people were, th- were looking at the studio as a tool. Mm. But this guy was like, no, you got to look at the studio as its own instrument. Okay. Like that's where, you know, and that makes a completely different mindset. And that just blew everyone's shit open. They're like, oh, this is the instrument. And that changed everything. So that's kind of where I come, you know, that's kind of the lineage I come from with it. Um, so yeah, post-production makes the magic happen. But in dance, you know what I mean? That's live. You can't post-produce that. Yeah. Like, you got to do it. And the only way to do that, especially with body stuff, is muscle memory. Like, you can't even memorize it with your brain. You got to use your body. Like, your body has to know to the point where you're not thinking of what you're going to do next or how you're going to move. Like, your your foot just knows. You know what I mean? And that's like, um, it's like using your whole body as a brain. It's like listening to, like, dance. I like to tell people dance is like listening to music with your body, you know? So does that, you feel like that same, you kind of carry that same sentiment into your live music performance as far as like knowing that those areas are very different and you don't have like the studio as an instrument? Like, do you feel like you, you approach the, the live performance a lot differently than you do when you're making a record and Mm-mm, no, not really. 
honestly, it's like, because it's like, you know, I kind of approach it all in the same way where it's like, in my opinion, like all the forms are kind of like a dance. You know what I mean? Like your hand, they all involve movement of some sort. You know what I mean? If it's visual art, your hands are moving. You know what I mean? If you're dancing, your body's moving. If you're writing, your hands are still moving, right? Like in all of these forms, like there's movement involved. So after, you know, coming out of the other end of that, everything is like that. You know what I mean? It's when, like, when I'm writing, I'm like, okay, here's like the way I'm writing. I'm just imagining like making the letters dance. You know what I mean? Just let the letters dance, let the words dance. Especially because it's like, I don't know, I make rhythmic music or like rhythmically based music, you know, that I want to dance to. Yeah. And so like I want the words to, you know, the words themselves have to dance to the music. Otherwise, you know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of approach everything like that. For sure. Do you, you think because you had the experience of dancing that like informed the type of music you wanted to make? Then? Yes, absolutely. One hundred, one thousand percent. <laughs> Like, I'm, I make shit I can't dance to sometimes, you know, just for listening, because I also like just listening to stuff. But, yeah. like, you know, like, I know what I'm good at, and I know what I want out of, like, what I do. And I'm like, yeah, I want something I can nod my head to, or I want something I can dance to. You know what I mean? Because if I can dance to it, other people can. They have the option. They don't have to, but they can. <laughs> yeah. Also, I appreciate that you're, uh, from the shows that I've been to that you were not even performing at, you were often the first to... uh to get the dancing going at a, oh, yeah. at a show, like oh, you, yeah. you, you will be, you'll be the first person on the floor, <laughs> you know, like moving that, your body. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is, uh, you know, it's uh, like speaks to your your energy as a person. I think it's like infectious, like amongst people, like from what I've seen too. When I'm when I'm uh, at the same show as you, it's like, yeah. all right, Eric, Eric got this shit going. <laughs> people, other people are like dancing now and moving. <laughs> You know, I feel like a lot of people forget that it's fun. They get too wrapped up in like, oh, what do I look like when I'm doing this? Is my elbow in the right place? And it's like, man, I'm, you're not even on the stage right now. I'm not even on the stage, you know. I can dance with one drink right now or I can dance with two drinks and <laughs> nobody will give a shit tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, it also is like, like I said, like, you know, it's like it's listening to music with your body. You know what I yeah. mean? Sometimes like just being in the live, being at a live show where the band is like, playing their asses off you know what i mean i see the people on stage they're freaking you know what i mean like the guitarist is shredding that shit yeah. you know what i mean with his whole freaking soul sweating on stage just moving his hands like a mother you know what i mean the drummer is just like rocking out and i'm like man i can't be the only person here like you know feeling it like yeah. you know what i mean even when you were like learning dance and like getting heavy into that was it like easy for you to uh to always maintain that mentality of like just making it fun and or was there has there been times where you know you can be in your head about you know the movements or like the music that you're making and, and have like that that self-doubt I'm kind of always in my head um like no matter what that's kind of why I stay active you know what I mean or as active as I like to stay because like if I stay still for too long that's where I'll just be you know what I mean? Like, even while I'm doing stuff, I'm thinking about 20 other things or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like, um, and also I just get restless. I just get, re I have to be doing something. Otherwise it's just me thinking in my head and that's like a lot. So I have to be doing something just to, you know, kind of meditate in that sense. Um, but no, as a kid, I was like, I was just kind of like a shy and awkward nerd. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger and, um, you know, I was just like, I was always like pretty enthusiastic and I like couldn't sit still or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I wasn't really like, I wouldn't have considered myself a performer, you know? Um, I was like the kid with headphones on, just like doodling, you yeah. know, in the corner or whatever, you know what I mean? But then uh, 
I forget what it was. Like when I could, I also sucked at dancing when I first started. Like I was like 13. I was like, man, you know, my parents used to make fun of me. They're like, Eric, you have no rhythm. I was like, wow, you're freaking right. They're like, you're dancing to the words. You got to dance to the music. Like, you know, and I was like, you know what? I, you know, I want to be able to do it like Michael Jackson does. And I can't do that if I'm, you know, I can't do that if I can't do it. Um, so then I was like, you know what? Screw it. And then I, uh, my uh, junior high school had dance classes. And I was like, you know what? I don't like PE. I'm not good at sports. Like the boys' locker room stinks. You smell, you know, you know what it is. And you're yeah. just 12 and 13 year old boys, man. Yeah, it's it was too much. And I, you know, I've never, I don't know, man. Those unpleasant smells. I've never been down. It's a, it's a lot of you know kids wearing dirty gym clothes every day that they're not bringing home to, oh, yeah. to ever wash. Yeah, you know? dirty is an understatement. <laughs> so yeah, I was, after a certain point, I was like, yeah, fuck this gym coach. And this gym team, I don't want to be running around all day, like, you know, <laughs> running laps and shit and then going back to a smelly ass locker room. So I was like, you know what, I'll take the dance class as my physical, as my PE requirement or whatever. And like, I was like one of like the first boys in, um, in, as a kid, just being like, yeah, I'm going to take dance. You know what I mean? It was like me and then a couple other, three other homies that were like, yeah, you know what, screw this PE shit, we're doing dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, and yeah. we just went all into it. And I had some good <laughs> dance teachers. And then, like, I don't know. Two or three years later, I was like, yeah, I want to choreograph the dances. So then in, like, eighth grade or whatever, I started choreographing, like, the school dance performance or whatever. And, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, you can just learn anything like that. It's freaking crazy. For sure. Yeah. And that was when I was like, okay, I see. I'm on. I'm a performer now. Like, you know, you start to understand, like, the stage. And you're like, you know what? This is like, I have to shit myself before every performance. But, like, once you're on there, you know what I mean? You start doing the thing that you know your body just starts moving and everything just fades away yeah you know what i mean there's like all these doubts and like am i gonna fuck it up yada yada and then you start you get on you start doing whatever it is and like everything just falls off and that's you know and like when you're moving it's like i don't know it's a sense of freedom that you don't get from a lot of other things you know what i mean when your body's moving and like your blood's racing your heart is pumping you know how runners talk about the runner's high but when you're doing some shit you're hitting like the two and the four in the dance move and like you're just going for it it just there's nothing like it for sure and like it seems like there was that uh there was something in you that that not only wanted to like participate and and be a role player in that and learn the dances you you then wanted to like dive deeper into the creative side of it where you're actually yes. like putting shit together of your own and yes. expressing your ideas mm -hmm. not only in the physical form but like you know creating these things exactly and i don't know i feel like looking back on it it's like i've been like kind of an arts kid for like since for as long as I can remember in different forms or whatever but like the common thread that like runs everything through is like music you know what I mean and then like even up to now it's like everything's basically just been in an effort to get closer to the source of the sound mm. you know because then I was like from when it was like I was just doodling and drawing like you know cartoons in my sketchbook listening to music and then I was dancing to music and then I was a DJ and then I was playing the music and then I was like how do I get closer you know to this and now I'm just like okay now I'm a musician. Now I make the music. For sure. You know? But it was DJing first before you started, like, actively recording your own music and, and sharing that in some recorded way or, yes, you know? Yes and, and no. I kind of started doing everything at the same time. Like, I was in college when I had, like, started DJing, bought my first, like, set of turntables and, okay. like, my first couple of records from uh, Clint Street Records. It was Clint Street Records, Second Avenue, um, Love you know, Second shout Avenue, out to Jared, dude. shout out to Second Avenue Records, and then also uh, 360 Vinyl, rest in peace. They don't exist anymore, but they had all the hits. 
So those are the three places I got like most of my collection from. And then after that, it was like gifts and people would just be like, hey, I'm moving. I don't know what to do with all these records, yeah. but I don't want to throw them away. So they just hand them off to me and I'd be like, yeah, I love all this shit. Or like, I'll find out, you know. Um, so yeah, I was in college and I started doing that. But then me and uh, my roommate and a good friend at the time, we started freestyling um, and uh, and rapping. So like every Friday... I got a boombox. I got a fat ass boombox. <laughs> and after a certain point from like a sophomore year on, every Friday we would just be out there just, you know, rapping our ass, freestyling our asses off in the freaking corner in college or whatever. And then like a couple of other people would join the upperclassmen who got us started would like come into the circle and then everybody would just come in and out. So we were doing that every week. And then afterwards, uh, me and my homie, um, we were like, yeah, let's just fucking record an album. Let's just try it out. So we were on Logic in our freaking like college apartment closet. <laughs> With the putting eggshells, egg egg carton shells or whatever on the on the walls, and then just like you know yelling. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We didn't know how to do this shit. We didn't. You know what I mean? We were like, yeah, it probably go something like this. You plug it in, and then you just you trial know, by error, and then you go loud. And it's yeah. you know the first album sounded like shit, but you know what I mean. It was the first time where you're like, oh okay, this is like a glimpse of what goes into the process of recording stuff and like fixing it and making it sound like not entirely bad. Yeah. <laughs> And we're like when you're when you're DJing versus when you are performing a live set of your own where you're like rapping and performing your songs. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that is very different for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. DJing is way chiller depending on like what kind of thing I'm doing. Like when I first started DJing and I came here, I was like playing off records and then I got into um into like uh how do you say, like the underground dance music. You know what I mean? Like I've always been a fan of house or whatever, but then uh, back in the SoundCloud days from like 08, 2012, and like, you know, um, a little bit after that was when I started getting on like SoundCloud and hearing all these, you know, Jersey Club, Baltimore Club, you know what I mean? Like the modern footwork, because when I had first heard footwork, it was like um, DJ Slugo, DJ Gantman, like all those OGs or whatever, and it sounded more like ghetto tech, but then um, the kind of like DJ Rashad style of footwork started coming up and like, 2011 2012 and they got popular it got they started getting super popular so i would like hear all of that on soundcloud and i was like oh shit this is crazy it's like the rhythms are you know a little bit wilder yeah. everything's heavier i started getting it's like uk get you know uk stuff uk garage um and all grime all kinds of shit like that um and also i was in college so like a lot of people from a lot of different places were like coming together and just like sharing yeah. their music tastes and whatnot um so that was kind of like when i started um, being like, yeah, I want to like play in clubs or whatever. And then I was just doing like, like heavy underground club stuff, you know, just like with insane, just, you know, I was just like doing like very just detailed and technical blends, but I don't do that on vinyl because, you know, it's a different style and also like, it's a different vibe. I feel yeah. like if I'm doing vinyl <laughs> stuff, I'm playing like disco, I'm playing funk, a little bit of soul, some jazz mixed in some like, uh, what is it? Like, um, eighties R and B or eighties pop sure. kind of stuff. And, like, you know, those are, like, classics. You know what I mean? Those are, like, the oldies that they've, they've been playing them shits for 50 years yeah. now. You know? So they'll never not go. So I feel less like I have to, like, do an insane blend because the music is already time-tested. For sure. So you got, like, heavily into, like, the controller bass shit or, like, the digital oh, oh. stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, at a certain point, I mean, I love you know, the aesthetic of the vinyl and, yep. you know, the the fact that, you know, the records are being brought into the spot and all you can work it off 
is that but like no requests <laughs> is limiting in some way like when yeah. you think about like the shit you were finding on soundcloud it's like you're not going to find that on a record and so like if if your job is to truly be like the tastemaker and like putting people on to shit like you you kind of like end up in these these areas where you're like cornered into like whatever you personally have yep. on wax exactly it's like, oh, I can't share this song that exactly. I just, just found. And that was how I got into like digital DJing or digital DJing. Um, so like when I was, I forget, I forget when it was, I think, yeah, 2012, I graduated college. And then like shortly after I had gotten, what was it? A Newmark four track, um, the digital controller. It's a freaking boat of a machine, but it really does everything I wanted to do. It's got four channels, the jog wheels, everything. So then I just started practicing on that. And, like, you know, I was listening to uh, Rinse FM, a lot of Rinse FM, because uh, my homie who, um, he had come from uh, from England or whatever, and uh, he was like, hey, check out Rinse FM, check out Grime, check out what they're doing in the UK. And I was just like, holy shit, this is freaking nuts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I want to play that, but I also want to play it, like, and blend it into some techno, and then I want to yeah. blend some techno into a rap song, and then I want to blend that rap song back into, like, you know, some, like, uh, UK funky, and then I want to blend that into something else. What do you, do you have like any understanding of like why your, your ear was solid for like the particular types of blends you were doing? Cause it wasn't too long ago that I had Vanport on the podcast and he gave you the shout for That's like, homie. you're like, you influenced like his style of, of blending. Like he, he stated your name in that and, uh. Yeah, I was just curious if you like had any insight to your to your own process. Like if you can I don't know, being outside of like what you're actually doing and have any like perspective on that. I know it's like maybe maybe hard to like <laughs> exactly like pinpoint it, but I don't know. Was there something that you felt like your your ear was doing or like showing you that mm. like these these particular things were possible or like was there somebody that uh, like kind of heavily maybe in, even inspired your your style to like figure out how to bridge all those gaps? Like yes and no, because when I started DJing, like all the stuff, a lot of the people that I was hearing were um, they were playing like an hour's worth of sets in the same in the same genre. You know what I mean? Which is fine. You know what I mean? I'm not against that. If you have like an hour of like banging ass techno, go ahead. If you have like an hour of just like you know vibes. Why not? As long as it's fun and spicy. But um, and so far as like how I came to start doing the things I was doing was I really just got bored. I was like, look, man, I don't want to hear like four hours of the same shit. Like even if it's good, it's like, you know, I need a little bit of spice in there. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And like I was like, OK, well, I know all these different kinds of music and I'm into it and I'm just like down for everything. You know what I mean? So then I was like, you know what? Let's figure out a way to make it work. And then like uh. When I started DJing, like a little, shortly after that, I had met Vince Manport or whatnot, and uh, we met randomly at like uh, I think either it was at a it was either at um, one of the a college party or something that we were both at, or it was like shortly after that at one of like the Red Bull Music Academy shows that they used to do back in the day. Um, and they were classic. They were also you know one of the people who were doing like cutting edge like you know dance club kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, I had met Vince, and Vince was, um, what was he doing back at the time? He was doing, like, leather work. He, was, he has, has his hands in a lot of things. Um, and then he was like, yo, like, you know, your set is really cool. Your stuff's, like, super sick. And then we became homies or whatever. And then, um, you know, like, uh, I taught him how to blend. 
you know what I mean? He would just come over to my house. And I'd be like, yo, let me show you how this works. And then, you know, we'd go over to, what was it? He had a studio at the time called, like, Verifirm. You know what I mean? I think it was, like, him, Anthony Taylor, um, and then, like, two two Knicks. I remember it was two different Knicks, but I don't remember, like, exactly what their last names were. But we were there, so I'd bring the stuff there and be like, okay, bring your songs, bring your stuff. We're going to do it. Um, yeah, so then, you know, and he was like, okay, I want to do it like this. So he then was like, okay, yeah, this is all good. And then, you know, put his own spin on it. Which I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Because at the end of the day, it's like, um, you got to make stuff that's personal to you. You know what I mean? Especially with like, you know, we all make music that's like knobs and wires. Right. You know what I mean? The electronic scene or whatever. And it's like, there's only so much you can get from just knowing the techniques. The rest of it is kind of on you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And so far as like how I started doing what I was doing, I was just like, I'm not hearing what I want to hear. And that's really, I think, what drives a lot of people to start doing their own thing or making music. It's like, yeah, I'm not hearing what I want to hear right now. I think especially DJing. I mean, oh, yeah. Andre Power told me that, like, back in the day, like, early on in this podcast, he was like, maybe first 40 episodes, and, and I was like, how'd you get into this? He's like, I just wanted to hear what I wanted to hear at the places I was at. And yep. I was just like, Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think that's like, that's the fun for me for someone that's like still pretty new to DJing in the last like couple years of like doing it out and about quite a bit. But it's like, yeah, there's something about being the curator of like what's going to be playing in that room and hopefully like maybe putting people onto like something they're unfamiliar with while yep. like sprinkling in a dash of like something they are or like exactly. something they think they are and, <laughs> and you know hoping hoping that one person comes up and asks you what that was or like oh love that like track <laughs> you know <laughs> oh exactly and i don't know it's like kind of going back to what you said about like being the tastemakers like if you're gonna do that you have to have good taste you know what i mean and i don't know the way i see it is good taste is mainly a matter of knowing what you're looking at and knowing what you're dealing with and knowing how to apply that. You know, that's, you know, and that's why a lot of people don't have good taste because a lot of people don't know what they're looking at. You know what I mean? They'll, you know, we can both be looking at the same thing, right? But if, you know, we can both be looking at the same person. But if I know who that is and you don't know who that is, yeah. right? You you know, we're not going to we're going to react to them differently. For sure. You know, and so that's kind of that's kind of really what it's about and I don't know. I feel like I had like I was always just a nerd. I was like the nerd who's like reading the liner notes of everything. Like who, who how many hands have touched this? Mm. Who was the singer songwriter on like this, this and yeah. that record? Like where did this come from? Who did that? You know, because then you know what you're hearing. Who's the band? Yeah. Exactly. And you start <laughs> recognizing like the styles and like the details. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things you can appreciate without knowing what's going on. But then when you do know what's going on, it just makes that appreciation even deeper. Right, right. You know, and a lot of people say like, oh, you know, I heard like a lot of people who are like classically trained musicians or whatever, they'll be like, oh, music is demystified or whatever. But it's like, right. dude, like this shit is so insane that like there's n how, you know what I mean? Like the more you know, the crazier the shit gets, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> I do see how like the fun can be like maybe sucked out of it for people that like get super heavy into like the theory and stuff where like you can't create without thinking about that theory anymore and maybe like it takes away from yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, bit. it's like I don't know. It's like uh, uh, how you say it? Uh, the more you know, it's really just that yeah. simple. You know what I mean? Like knowledge is power. You know, KRS One. You go back to KRS One. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everything. That's really just it. You know what I mean? The more yeah. you know, baby, it's, that's where the magic is at. <laughs> well, and and just like going back to you, what you said is like you know everybody's gonna see shit different. So like we could even grab 
the same fucking record and each of us might pick a different track of like seeing like what's the perfect track for the exactly the moment right now exactly exactly so you know and then also it's just like i don't know i feel like especially musically like you know i started off not knowing anything and i'm like i said i'm not even classically trained i don't know whatever but then i was like okay let me like learn a couple of scales let me learn a couple of chords and then i was like holy shit this makes making it so much easier because instead of just like having to sit there and like feel you know i love feeling stuff out but then it just made it like way faster when right. I was like, I know what I want and here's where it is and here's how I do that. Right. And then it was just like, oh, okay, now I can just bang this out, whatever. And then you learn more about that as you go. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know, when you see a circle of fifths, right, you don't know what the fuck is going on. But then they tell you like, oh, yeah, the circle of fifths are how everything relates. And then you look at that shit and you're like, holy fuck. You know, that's freaking insane, and it right. just makes a circle like that. You know what I mean? And then, you, you know, you can go into the—I'm not a math person, but, like, you go into the math behind it, and it's all just consistent. Like, everything is consistent at every—and you're like, holy shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? I feel like, if anything, if I, like—even if I understood that all the way or, like, at all— it would just make things even more mystifying. Because what do you mean it's always the perfect circle? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and there's just like something to immersing yourself in it where you're like, even if you're not necessarily like breaking everything down, you're absorbing in it and like figuring out like what works and, you know, doing exactly. all that DJing must have been like helpful to, and, and not even the DJing, but like the dancing and like everything that led up to you actually maybe getting more serious about the, the projects you're putting out, mm-hmm. you know, have got to like be the stepping stones to like informing where we are Absolutely. at now with like magic words, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, it's like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very particular person. You know what I mean? I'm like a perfectionist. So it's like, if I'm going to do something, I want it done like A to the best of my ability and I want that shit done perfectly. <laughs> like I wanted, you guys, anybody I work with, I was, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, Silos uh, and Solo who produced all of Magic Words. You know what I mean? Those guys are insane. Um, they go by the production duo I'm Broke, but those guys are insane, dude. Like they're crazy at like almost everything. Um, but they produced the whole album and then when we were doing the final mix downs and the mastering, um, and I don't know, Seals, Seals got mad at me. He was like, man, we're doing this again. I was like, yes, we're doing this shit again. <laughs> like, we're doing this again until, I, you know what I mean, until I can slap this a thousand times in a row and not think about what I would yeah. fix. Yeah, I mean, you, know you got to I mean? be happy with shit, it. Like, you know what I mean? As close to perfect as I can get it, especially as DIY music. You know what I mean? It's like I'm down with stuff sounding a little bit rough, but it's got to be like rough in a perfect kind of, you know what I mean, in an intentional and deliberate way. Yeah. Do you think that can be like a detriment to you or, you know? act as a, a fault at times even it used like, to. is it is it hard to get out of your way your own way at a certain point or like know when a, a song is actually done no not anymore not anymore <laughs> not anymore <laughs> it's like i said i you know what i mean i know what i'm looking at and also it's like um because you know like I, like you said like having all these different avenues and also it's like doing the djing and doing the production and, yeah. I, and then doing the recording like i started rec- i started making my own beats rapping over my own beats and like you know mixing and mastering my own shit so i like know how to use a studio you know what i mean so when i go in like i know exactly what i want you and know you can I mean? communicate those things and i, I can, assume and i can talk in technical terms about it and nice. i can say i want more compression no fix the knee on the compression no it's mm. not the threshold you want to fix the output you're asking you know for I mean? things that are actual actually possible exactly exactly <laughs> and it's like you know and i can only do that because like i was doing it myself yeah you know what i mean which is why i don't know if it's like um Sometimes I don't really want to call myself like a musician, even though I am. 
You know what I mean? But like, I like to call myself a recording artist. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, hey, that's what it says on the People's Wikipedia page. And when they go and do stuff, it's like, yeah, that's what I do. I don't just make the music. I can like mix it, master it, you know, do it all on my own or whatever. But also it's like, A, it's hard to do stuff on your own. B, it's no fun doing stuff on your own. You know what I mean? So the way I see it now, it's like I can go into like any studio or like any of my friends' studios that I work in and they also do the same things and we can get stuff done a lot faster because we're both speaking the same language. Yeah. Because we know. You know what I mean? There's there's no need to translate. I can't I don't I don't have to just be like, Yeah, I want it something like more like blah da da you know. I don't just be out here saying whatever. I'm like, no, I want more this in this way. And then they can tell me, okay, when you do this, here's how that changes things. So it's just, you know, knowing how to do that just gives me more flexibility. And also I work faster now. So it's like, I never have a time get. I never have a hard time getting out of my own way creatively. Cause it's like, you know, um, yeah. Cause I, I know what I want, <laughs> you know what For I mean? Sure. Out of whatever it is. And even if I don't, it's like, I'll know that I don't want it when it happens. Then I'll just be like, fuck this song. You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't going down. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Runneth up is uh, one of my favorite tracks off the, uh, the magic words oh record. hell, yeah. hell I, yeah and i feel like that one like carries a little bit of your dj spirit into the record too with you know that it's that diana ross yes uh sample yes. at the end yes. of that track like i love that yes. that like that part exists because it's that. well it's just like not super relevant to the track right and and then it like it comes in at the end but it just like feels so good as as an interlude, you know. Yeah, I had uh, I had uh, I had uh, Silos and Solo put that in there at the end. They were like, I was like, do you know this song? They were like, what is this song? And I was like, oh, y'all don't know this song. And then I realized now, as I'm telling you, I'm realizing it's like that was one of the songs that my dad was like, this was a hit in the freaking, you know, in the clubs when I was playing in the clubs. This was the hit. Like everyone was dancing to "It's My House" by Diana Ross. Um, in terms of what that has to do with the song, it was a uh, "It's My House" and I live here reference, right? Because the hook is like running through your head like it's my house you know running through your tomb like it's my house so i was like you know what would make a lot of sense right now if diana ross just popped in being like it's my house and i live here (laughs) (laughs) so that was kind of like where that part came from i've been in the cut till the blood come out running up a cup till the clock run out But no, I'm glad you dig that one. I feel like a lot of people's favorite, um, from what I've heard, a lot of people's favorite songs from that one is like uh, Humility was one that they really dug. Yeah, that's a, also a and, great uh, track. That one we originally recorded as a B-side. Um, the first one that like we recorded off of that was uh, Crockpot. That was okay. like the first song that we recorded off that album, and then like everything kind of took shape afterwards. And as far as... Uh working with the the same producers throughout this record is that something you had done on the uh the previous full length um was there a dedicated producer on that one no the last one so before magic words um it was uh all this juice was the last like full record that i that i released and that was like a bunch of different local homies at the time um where like you know we would just go over to each other's houses and just be like hey I have this song or like, you know, you want to just like kick it. Let's make some beats. Let's, you know, I'll write a verse or whatever and whatnot. And that was when I started like writing stuff like on the spot um, also. Because some of those are just written like in a session where like the beat was also being made at the same time. Um, But that was like a bunch of different producers. But that one also just came about accidentally. Um, And then uh, after that in like 2020 or whatever, I started doing things like 
a little bit more intentionally. Okay. And, um, you know, it's like, honestly, the reason that I like to like, the reason that um, Silos and Solo did that whole record was A, because, um, and they also had done some songs off of All This Juice, but the reason I had them do that whole record was because A, I like their style and it was super versatile. And I feel like it wasn't going to be like, um, a good enough uh, showcase of them mm. if they were just on like two or three beats. So I was like, no, let's do like a whole album, like a full tape, just to showcase like the range of stuff that like all of us can do. And then also it's just easier to get shit done. You know, it's like as a New Yorker, it's like I need I need things done. So, you know, even if I'm working <laughs> with people, it's like, okay, are you about it? Like, so am I. So, you know, if someone sends me a beat today and I'm like, dude, I'll turn this around in 24 hours. Yeah. So the next day I have a song, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like, all right, as soon as I go to the studio, I'll have a demo for you. I, I think it was Yuck <laughs> who mentioned maybe on the podcast just like Eric likes to work fast, man. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, you know, because when you catch a pace, like, it's a different thing. And I got that pace from working with um with uh, the homie Tron, Grape Guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he's one of, like, my best homies. But he's actually the, the, he's actually the reason why I'm, like, rapping now. Because I was, like, always, like, writing and, you know, making songs and stuff. But then for a while, when I was doing the DJ thing, I was like, you know what? I want to be a DJ right now. And then I stopped rapping. And then um, I was, like, going through, you know, a bunch of weird shit at the time. As with any artist, you go through some shit, and it just kind of, like, messes up your whole flow or whatever. Yeah. Um, so me and the homie uh, EMV Kush, um, Ian, uh, Ian, yeah, Ian, EMV Kush, um, he's a cold DJ, too. Plays a lot of, like, dub reggae and stuff like that and uh, dubstep. But... um we would we were working at a we were working at the same uh, pod shop. So after work, we would just be like, "Hey, let's go see what Tron's up to." You know, kick it with him, and then uh, you know we would just kick it and just like sit there, and they would just be making stuff. And I was like, "Okay," when we're just out here smoking weed, and you know, I'm just chilling. And then he was like, "Yo, fees, like get on the mic." Like I was like, "I don't, I don't like why I don't, I don't got nothing." <laughs> he was like, "No, I know you got something." I was like, "Bro, I don't know, man." He was like, "No, man, just just don't trip, just don't think about it too hard, just get on the mic." And I was like, "You know what?" Fuck it. And this was, like, around the era where uh, he was doing the the time travel mixtape series that, like, you know, all the homies are on. It's, like, me, him, Brax, Slick, like, everybody, right. like, everybody in the town was, like, you know, on them for a while for, like, 12 volumes for a whole year. So that's what we were doing in 2019. And that was kind of, like, um, how I started just, like, rapping again and then also just, like, taking it seriously, being like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go home and, like, you know, write a song as well and, you know, just kind of get down on that. So, yeah. Uh, Get It Main seems to maybe be like one of the most experimental tracks on the record to me as far as like the beat that you're rapping over because it's like all these chopped up vocals and stuff. Oh, not even. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Okay. Liner notes. Um, All the vocals on those. Yeah. The beatbox also, those are mine. Oh, okay. I was, Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Cause yeah, like, I did the beatbox. I did the... Gotta get it, man. You know, gotta get it, man. It, yeah, I did that too. I always appreciate like when someone tries to like jump into something that seems maybe challenging to find a pocket. And like, I feel like that's the the track that kind of stands out to me in that particular way. Is that important to you? Or is that like a conscious thing of like, Oh, how am I going to find my way to like find a way to insert myself in, in a way that, you know, makes sense on the track. And like, is there a certain time uh, you maybe even mentioned earlier that you kind of like know when to like, bail on something that's not working but yeah. like uh like how how hard will you go before you like kind of hit that point of knowing like ah fuck this like this isn't it oh to the limit i'll like finish the song and then be like eh, this isn't as good as the other ones um but for that particular one that was a fun one because we just we just made that shit on the spot like on site like it didn't even 
literally like the idea nothing about it existed before we made it and uh it was like yeah like i said it was me and Silos and solo and we were really just like at um at the studio just getting high and shit and we had like already recorded some like another song or something like that and we were like okay let's make something new and uh Silos had just gotten a new a new piece of equipment it was like the zoom v6 or some shit like that it was like a loop pedal like a, loop, okay. a looper pedal or whatever where you could just like record stuff in there and then just loop it and they made it for like you know you know what a looper pedal is you know what i mean i don't gotta explain it whatever it was a looper pedal but it also had like a pitch shifting on it so you could do like you know a little rudimentary auto tune on it so we were like yo like this is crazy and you know let's just play with it or whatever so then you know i was like oh i have an idea and i got on the mic and it was just like you know i just started fucking beatboxing it or whatever and I, we had the beatbox, and I was like, okay, this ain't bad. And then I was like, okay, let me throw another layer on, and let's see how many loops it can keep going at the same time. We were really just testing out that equipment when we made that. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it, man. Let's see what the auto-tune does. And I started singing over it. And I was like, okay, muddy that up. So while they were – and then they were like, oh, you know, this is actually kind of has a groove to it. This is fun. So then while they were making the beat – um. It was, it was like I said, I was like, beat ain't even finished, but I wrote the verse already, man. It was literally, I was right, like, that whole song was happening at the same time. Like, I just, like, did a beatbox, did a little vocal. That I was like, okay, we have a loop now, let's just see what we got. And then um, they just, like, turned it into a song, like a, you know, quote-unquote song, like a complete song. And then I just started writing it, like, as soon as, right after I got off the mic, I just started writing it. I was like, oh, this is how it's going to go. Like, you know, it was, the song was already there. You know what I mean? We just had to make it. And that was, like, honestly one of the more fun ones because it's just, like, very, like, don't give a fuck, man. And it's also very, like, you know, I'm not a real hip-hop head, but it's, like, you know, this is, like, a very, like, yeah, Eric knows his history about the shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to beatbox on a song and just fucking do it like old school. These days I've been sounding good on everything. My family hit me up because they know I'm down for anything. Never flinch, hit pinch, cause I'm ready, man. Beat ain't even finished, but I wrote the verse already, man. El Capitan with the big hat, heavy man. Drive the boat to riches, cause you know we meant for better things. With my own two hands, six or seven rings. They keep on asking questions, but I'd rather keep them guessing things. No beef, choose peace, I ain't stressing things. Haters only hate because they can't imagine better things. So come and get it, man. You know we about to get it, man. Overflow and go over your head like you don't get it, man. Good on everything, so I'm down for anything. No, we meant for better things. We can't hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall of over 200 bottles. It's summertime, and they've got their 45th Parloma on the menu, their play on the Paloma, as well as their staple food item, the rosemary garlic fries, which are easily my favorite thing on the starter's menu. That fry sauce, I don't know what it is, but it's banging. And in addition to the cocktails and the food, they've got one of the best patios in the city, Tons of big screens outside to enjoy the sun and all your favorite sports. And the best part is they've also got free live music. You can catch DJs there every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Residencies from local artists including Spinach, Vanport, Sicko Side, and WWJP, as well as DJs and beat makers every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss local beat makers Love Jones and Free Tillman every second Sunday and DJ Slim Gweenie every fourth Sunday at North 45 Pub. Now let's get back to the episode.
What do you uh, think has like kind of most informed your your style of of storytelling on the mic, or like the way that you express yourself through the bars, like either on this record as a whole, or just like wherever you're at at this point. Dude, my real life. <laughs> like, I don't talk about things that I don't do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't talk about, like, a life that I don't live. You know what I mean? It's like, um, and also it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm old enough now. I like the life I live. You know what I mean? I worked very hard and went through a lot of shit to just, like, make my life something that I enjoy. That, like, I wake mm. up to have fun to every day. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, if I can't, like... If I can't make a song that I think is cool about that, mm-hmm. then I'm in the wrong fucking game. <laughs> I'm playing the wrong sport. You know what I mean? If I don't think like the, you know, because this is that's what that's how it is in everything. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you know, whatever the genre of music is. You know what I mean? It's like you're gonna have an easier time, you know, writing or or singing or whatever it is about things that you actually do. You know what I mean? You're gonna have an easier time like talking about the person that you actually are. Right. You know what I mean? And then like my homies who know me, they know that I'm the person on that record. Like nothing changes from when I hop on the mic to when I get off the mic. Like I'm I'm really the person. You know what I mean? Like I'm really you know I'm really just like in the dance on the dance floor, <laughs> yeah, dancing yeah, like yes I said are. I would. You know what I mean? Just going all out. I'm really hard, you know I'm really holding that drink. I'm really just <laughs> holding a big ass drink right now. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. It's just like, and I feel like with a lot of, uh, especially cause in a lot of like, you know, the more like popular contemporary rap, just like, a lot, and whatever it is, like a lot of people are just lying, you know what I mean? And it's like more often than not, it's like whoever it is, no matter who it, like, I'm just some guy, you know what I mean? And so is like anybody else, you know what I'm saying? So if like, if, if like just some guy is going to sit on the, on the record and lie to you, like. I can do that too. Yeah. But also, I can also just be like, no, man, here's my life. Here's here's what I like For doing. Sure. Here's my friends. Like, you know, like on every song, I, you know, almost every song in that record, I like to shout out the producers or whoever's on the record on the record. So every time it's like, CeeLo and Solo made this beat or CeeLo and Solo did this production or you know what I mean? I'll tell you exactly who it is, you know, and like what's going on. Like we're really in the studio. The beat's not done, but I'm done with the verse. Like <laughs> here we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like with my own two hands, six or seven rings. Like, here I am with the fucking rings. You know, like, I'm really that guy. <laughs> it's not lying, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's that's kind of like how, what influences my, like, you know, my style or whatever. But it's also like how I can work very fast. You know what I mean? And it's like, and also because like the people I keep around me and the people I work with challenge me to do that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like uh, me and uh, like, I don't know, me and Yuck. You know what I mean? Have like a bunch of songs that like you know. I think last time you saw me perform, we did uh, we did a couple of his songs. Absolutely. Yeah. So we yeah. got a bunch of songs, but he works freaking insanely fast. You know. So it's For like sure. I got to keep up with him, and he's just making the thing live and doing it all right then and there. So I'm like, okay, well, if we're gonna do it like that, I got to keep pace with him. You know what I mean? Like me and Tron have like you know a couple records out, and like he just works like insanely fast. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm keeping up and matching pace, you know what I mean? Then here's here's where I want to be at. You know, and so it's always good to just like keep people around who challenge you, who ask you for more than what you think you have, because you never know what you're gonna find in there. You know, absolutely. Uh, I'm also assuming that's like kind of the the joy of kind of just what you're doing musically. Of like, yeah, you make this whole record, you know, with the same two dudes, but like mm-hmm. just being able to work with different producers and what they kind of like bring out in 
like bring out of you in the process and how you kind of like carry that forward into whatever else you're working with, whether exactly. it's with them or not with them. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you know, it's like uh, sometimes people will hit me up and be like, hey, do you want like one or two beats? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. But I don't know what I'm going to do with just one or two beats. So I'm just like, OK, let's make at least like five to 10 songs and then just call it a project for sure. that way like it can be a showcase for both of us you know what i mean like you can you can say okay i make all these different kinds of beats and i like weird shit you know what i mean so you can be like okay give me some different kinds of stuff to like give me a challenge or give me something fun to write to and you know i'll give you a chance to work with vocally or whatever and then it'll be fun to do live you know so it's like the next the next one i have is with um the homie trash god who's uh dude he's he lives in chicago now but he's from here and he's a crazy producer, you know what I mean? And his style of production is different from, like, other people that I work with. So I'm like, you know what? This is fun. Let's do that. So now we have that record out, you know what I mean? Or not out, but, like, it's coming out soon. Yeah. But, um, you know, so then we have that. And then, you know, after that, I got, like, a couple of records with uh, Yuck God, who's like, A, he's a cool-ass dude, number one. And then B, he's also just with. like a, Exactly. <laughs> and also just, like, you know, super, like, talented musician and super earnest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a different thing. And also it's like, like, my policy is, like, I don't work with anybody that I don't actually like. You know it's what I mean? It's a good policy, especially like as we get with, older. Exactly. Exactly. I don't, you know, nobody has time for this shit. You know what I mean? I don't got time to hang around somebody that I don't even want to, like, crack a beer with or like yeah. you know what i mean like, like i was i was stoked that you and i were gonna hang out today and like chop it up on the mics because it was like oh i like all of the interactions that i've had with eric and hanging out and bullshitting with him about music so like <laughs> this is a good opportunity and like a fun thing to do you know exactly same and you know now we're just like you know watching the sunset in the cemetery yeah and now chilling, yeah, so. it's getting dark we can't even see each other's eyes anymore you know? we're just, we're just <laughs> in spirit you know, I, can, I can see you in spirit <laughs> As you get older, do you feel like it's easier and easier to, like, express, like, the truest expression and, like, ta like I don't know, just be the, like, the most revealing of, like, whatever your truest self is right now? Or, or is oh, it, yeah. like, oh, does yeah. it get any harder as maybe you are, like, offering some, like, personal things happening as well? It gets harder and it gets easier. Um, like some stuff gets harder, but like dealing with it gets easier. A, because of like experience. And then B, it's just like, I feel like back in the days, there was like a lot of stuff going on, like in my life and in, you know, in my head and whatever. Um, and I don't know. I feel like personally, me as a person, I've always just been a very like expressive and like, you know, super just like energetic. You know, like I said, like I failed all the self control. They used to have like a self control section or whatever and like you know behaves in class and i was always the kid who's like yeah eric has no self-control and keeps <laughs> distracting his classmates you know what i mean and like won't sit still and whatever so i've always just like in that regard just been a very like guns blazing balls to the wall kind of a person um but also you know when i was a kid i was just like a you know kind of shy and awkward nerd around like you know if i didn't know what was going on but now i'm like older and i'm like you know what like I'm just, I just, like, after a certain point, man, like, all the doubt and all the fear just, like, fell off. You know what I mean? And then also it's, like, my priorities shifted, you know? So now I know what's important to me, and now I know, like, I have a better sense of who I am, who I've always been, and who I yeah. want to be. And you know what I mean? Like, I know who I'm going to be. You know what I mean? And, like, after that, it's really just, like, sticking to the script. So it's, like, in that sense, it's, like, I don't, I don't really mind, like, 
I don't know. I'm a very open person. I'll tell anybody whatever they want to know. <laughs> if the context is right, you know what I mean? And if like, you know, it's correct, then it's just like, I'll, you know, I don't have, no, I don't have much, I don't have nothing to hide. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's always like some of the most exciting time in somebody that creates arts, uh, you know, journey or like what they're putting out is like when they get to that point where they're like, I know who I am or like what I want out of this experience. Cause then you, you start to really like get that out of it. And, uh, yeah, man, just appreciate like your, your spirit that you bring in to everything. Like whether it's, I, I see you DJing, you know, brunch, thank you spinning wax. Or if I see you performing a live set over beats or, or with a, a live band, you know, it always, or like I said earlier, like if I just see you at the fucking show and you're the first one on the dance floor, like I, I feel like it's all the same, you know, in some ways. Thank you. Thank you. So it's, me uh, it is. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I really just don't know any other way to be, you know what I mean? It's like, I like dancing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also it's like, I like music a lot and you know, I love, I love a good party. I love For a sure. fun time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No. And I think that like all comes out like, through the record through the magic words like you can feel that like you want it to be a good time you might like drop some some serious shit you know from mm -hmm. from line to line here and there and but you're also going to drop some fun stuff and and it's uh yeah it all just seems to like carry that spirit through it so thank um, you thank you i appreciate yeah. that and I appreciate, uh, you know, getting to jump on the mics with you and kind of getting to understand a little bit more like the foundation for it and like where it all comes from. Because it seems like you've been kind of operating from the same place since even since you were a kid, you know, and just like <laughs> also just like appreciate somebody that like really, you know, loves creating and finds a way to continue to make it a part of their life. Mm hmm. It's hard. It, it gets hard sometimes, but I don't know. It's like, like life offers people, I feel like in my personal way of looking at it is that like life offers people like a lot of different options, you know what I mean? But I also like have a hard time believing in coincidence these days, you know, just because it's like after a certain point, like too many things, you know, you can't get lucky this many times, you know what I mean? Or a certain number of times. So, you know, I'm starting, that's starting to fade away, but also it's like, um, as people, we get a different different choices, you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, and I used to do it too. It's like, you know, the society, a lot of like contemporary society here in like the U.S. or whatever, it's like in an attempt to get people to run away from themselves, mm, you know what yeah. I mean, or who they are. But like the way I see things, you can't. You, you can't do that. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> you can't run away from who you are. And then every time you try, it just starts eating at you from the inside. And the older you get, it starts eating at you and eating at you, you know. That's why you see a lot of people with like, good jobs whose lives are otherwise going not bad you know what i mean but they're like miserable and sad people because there's something that they're not doing there's somebody that they're supposed to be that they're not that they're running away from you know and it's like no matter how hard you try like to run away from that like you're always going to end up in the same place you know whatever you're running from is going to be the thing you're running to it's going to be at the place you run to to hide from it like you can't hide you know what i mean so it's like after a certain point i was just like you know what, man? Fuck it. Like, this is who and what I am. You know what I mean? Like, if you told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm just a fucking, like, you know, pot-smoking musician artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, we wanted you to be, like, a doctor or a lawyer or some shit, but that's not, that's not, that's not me. It's not who I am. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but, like, I can't, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, man. Well said. 
can't can't argue with uh, the sentiment behind any of that for sure. So, <laughs> um, I want to play the episode out with four letter words. Oh um, yeah, one of my oh, favorites yeah. off the uh, oh, Magic Words project. That's and probably one of the more personal ones for me. That, that was like probably one of the more like kind of like sober and like you know because everything else in there is like pretty straightforward like bow like you know i'm eric i'm efeezy i'm in your face like you know <laughs> here's what i do like what the fuck is up you know what i mean and then um you know when i when i was uh picking out the track order for that i was like okay i want this to come like second to last because like ain't with the biz was like a pretty like you know a fun like silly song that was like you know what fuck it man let's just like do some weird shit that's like also just gonna be fun and like kind of groovy like old school like you know like disco kind of a thing but like you know just with whatever but then i was like uh and that was gonna be a bonus track but then um and it was gonna end with four letter word um but then i was like you know what let's just have that be like a little sobering moment before like you know going out with a bang um and that one was really just about like you know growing up you know like you know you have people that are close to you you lose them or they walk away or like somehow you know what i mean so, you know that's so why on that one i was like um couple people cross me you might notice how they ain't here couple people lost me and i'll never find their way here you know quality increase in the people that come around here you know what i mean it's just about like growing up and like coming to terms with like you know like grieving friendships or grieving like relationships that like didn't work out or whatever and it's, you know it's the thing that happens to everybody but in the the mood that i was in when i had written that i was like really just feeling it you know what i mean and i was just like you know what i need a way to like process this in a way that's like honest you know what i mean but also just like whatever happens like the people coming in from, coming into my life from here on out are just going to be better quality you know what i mean like you know i've i've been as authentic as i can be i've been as honest as i can be and you know sometimes it's just like that you know heavy man heavy <laughs> <laughs> you know i try and keep it you know i try and keep it real you know what i mean it's just like i don't no, know i dig it i try and just like make the music fun and personal you know what i mean sure. in a way that it's like you're not gonna get that from like i want it to sound like me i don't want it to sound like somebody else yeah. long story short and it's just like i don't know that's such a big part of like growing up that's like hard to teach is is uh dealing with the the changes in you know relationships whether they're yeah. friendships that have gone on 30 years or you know mm -hmm. ones that have lasted just a few years and and everything else that you uh encounter in life in in regards to those things so i appreciate uh yeah i appreciate getting to know like where where that comes from for sure oh, yeah. and uh i'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh can keep up with you eric fury uh <laughs> we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if we could, <laughs> if we could get the air i love the way you say that i thought you were canadian at first <laughs> no it's just like some goofy way that my grandfather says the news program he always says program for some <laughs> some reason and uh it means absolutely nothing it's just like you know it's a fun goofy way to to end the show and you can oh yeah you can deliver it however you would like to all right, uh, I'm just going to go for it. This is Eric Fury, a.k.a. E. Feezy. I'm here with my man Dan Cable on the Dan Cable Podcast, and it's a program, baby. He nailed it, everybody. That's Eric <laughs> Fury. All the links will be in the episode notes. This is super fun, man. You have, uh, I don't know, I was feeling I was feeling a little, I don't want to say weird, but I was feeling a little a little groggy and tired before I got over here, and, and you and uh, this cemetery have definitely lifted my spirits and, and filled the cup with uh, this conversation tonight, so I'm glad that we we got together this evening to uh, to hang out, 
and uh, we're gonna play it out with four letter words oh, off, yeah. uh, off that magic words thank you, record thank you. from Eric Fury. You can find it on uh, wherever you listen to music. Pretty much, you can you can Shout find it on all the kings. For that. <laughs> Shout out to Distro Kid. <laughs> you can catch that link in the episode notes as well. You can get thirty percent off your your Distro Kid needs. But uh, I'll tell you about that at the end of the episode too. <laughs> and uh, this is four letter words off that record that's the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side portland or wherever you are listening from free of charge one never pays here baby i'm a four letter word keep it coming out of nowhere zooming when i'm moving i ain't even going nowhere been so many places because they told me not to go there eric been authentic motherfucker you don't go here I don't be for no one, man, cause really I just don't care Couple people across me, you might notice how they ain't here Couple people lost me and they never find their way here Quality increase in the people that come around here Baby, I'll be added to the day that I got gray hair I'ma be dramatic to the day I got a gray beard Hard for me to sleep cause I keep waking up to nightmares Hard for me to eat cause of the quality of life here CeeLo's on the beat, he keep making something you might hear I don't stop for nothing, the future is always right here Pour me something heavy don't give me none of that light beer Man on the machine, but it seems like I'm really right here Four letter words, keep it coming out of nowhere Zooming when I'm moving, I ain't even going nowhere Been so many places, cause they told me not to go there Man, I've been authentic, motherfucker, you don't go here I don't be for no one, man, cause really I just don't care Couple people cross me, you might notice how they ain't here Couple people lost me and they never find their way here Quality increasing the people that come around here Four letter words, keep it coming out out of nowhere, zooming when I'm moving, I ain't even going nowhere, been so many places cause they told me not to go there, man I've been authentic, motherfucker you don't go here. Hey, just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast, can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their longtime support of this thing. Make sure you go into the episode notes and find that DistroKid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. You can also find the link in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Big thanks to DistroKid and the other sponsors of the show, Produce Row Cafe and North 45. Stay up, stay tuned.